we wouldn't be here with our plants. Life wouldn't exist without them. This week, I'm very lucky to be chatting with Dr. Nolene Smith, conservation botanist from the National Botanic Gardens in Glasnevin in Dublin. Nolene is currently working on launching the new National Irish Seed Bank. She is also continuing her work in invasive species control, island endemic species recovery, along with the conservation research into islands rare and threatened fern and bryophyte species. Nolene has been a great supporter of the Borough Nature Sanctuary, helping develop and label our collection of Borough flora. If you'd like to support our conservation projects, please visit our website to donate at www.borrownaturesanctuary.ie. Welcome, Dr. Nolene Smith. Hi, Nolene. It's lovely to talk to you in Dublin. Um, how are you doing with the COVID-19 situation? And can you tell us a little bit about what's happening with the Botanic Gardens at the moment? Hi, Mary. Yes, we're all in our lockdown mode here in Dublin. So the Botanic Gardens, unfortunately, we had to close the gates to the visitors a few weeks back. Before that, we were letting people walk around and get their glasses closed. But with social distancing and weather, it was very popular. And in spring, it's absolutely beautiful at the moment up here. But unfortunately, nobody can see it this year. But anyway, there'll be more springs and there'll be summer to come, I hope, for everybody. And yeah, we're hoping to be open as soon as we can. I've been following the social media posts and you've been doing some lovely things on social media. So you can follow the National Botanic Gardens um, on Instagram and <laughs> Facebook and Twitter. Twitter, yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. So the education team have been busy uh, researching and putting out pictures and going for walks around the place and showing you all the spring blossoms. Uh, even though you can't uh, physically be near them, you can actually, yeah, you can see them on the on the uh, social media posts. Yeah. Yes, I think there's there's one hashtag which I love at the moment, which is let the mind travel. And I think people, especially in cities and cooped up in apartments, they must be going crazy. And just to see the open space and nature and springtime happening must be really heartwarming for them and um, so the nature podcast is really to give a voice for nature and I was wondering if you'd like to tell us how do you, did you become a nature lover? I'm very lucky to have had a rural childhood in County Kildare so surrounded by boglands which I absolutely adore and just lovely habitat to see and I suppose just plants um, my gran was a nature lover a gardener so I suppose a lot learned a lot of common names from her like cuckoo spit early in the year like all the um, just all the common names and yeah and I just I just loved uh, plants and flowers and being being out there from being very small and yeah I've seen orchids and I, I didn't realize at the time but I you know I probably got to see a lot more plants than you know now that I live in the city that maybe a lot of uh, herbal children wouldn't get to see normally. So I was immersed from a very young age. And then we lived close by to Kilcarrigan Gardens, which is another fantastic exotic oasis. And kind of had part-time jobs in, in nurseries around the place. So I was just always surrounded by plants, yeah. So I made a career of it because, you know, nothing else felt right. You know, being away from plants just didn't, didn't seem, seem right, yeah. Yeah, and I think it was this time last year you came to the Barnich Sanctuary. We were doing a walk, and I remember how excited you were with all the different mosses. Oh, yeah, I love moss. <laughs> <laughs> you have to kind of say that because people are always like their first question when you say, Oh, yeah, I know about moss. They always ask you, So, how can I kill it? So, 
It's one of our, our, our jokes is that, you know, if you even mention the word moss, people are like, oh my God, how great, you know how to get rid of it. But um, no, I actually love the stuff. Um, it's so spongy and lovely. And uh, in Ireland, we, we're so wet here. So surprisingly for people, we hold, you know, a huge variety of moss species here in Ireland. And we're well renowned for our mosses, even though, you know, our wildflowers might grab a lot of the attention. Our most famous flora, because we're so wet, are, are the mosses and liverworts and stuff. So they're amazing. They slow down with flooding and everything. Our bogs are big moisture sponges. Um, yeah. So without mosses, we would be, you know, pretty flooded all the time. Yeah. So mosses do a lot for us here in Ireland. They're very important. And I think it's lovely when you can see the macro photography of the mosses. You can really get a feeling for them. Oh, yeah, definitely. You need to kind of see them closer up. Most people would not even, experts would would still go to, like, you still have to look at the finer detail in them, which I think is kind of amazing. It's not an instant location. You have to kind of work to, to, to find out the name of your moss. So I suppose I kind of like hidden depth. So... They're, they're, one of their names is cryptogams, like hidden marriages. So nobody really, you know, they can't really see the obvious features. You can't see the male and female bits, as you can see in a flower. So in a, in, in mosses and liverworts, they're cryptogams. So it's all hidden away. So you have to kind of go searching, which I kind of like. It kind of puts you on a bit of a, you know, kind of an expedition to find out. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed your um, enthusiasm about the mosses. <laughs> um, do you have... <laughs> Do you have a favourite plant or animal that you particularly like? Well, one plant I've seen down with you, Mary, which I think really fascinated me when I was a kid and when I found out about it, was Arum maculatum, which is lords and ladies. So I think every kid in Ireland is like told to stay away, stay away, like they're poisonous. You see those luminous orange berries in autumn. Of course, they're instantly drawn to them as a kid. Um, but more fascinating in the springtime, we don't often look inside. They have like a sinister like a hood, something, you know, um, so the hood is called a spade and then inside there's like this one little spike, like a finger and it's called a spade X. Uh, so basically that gets a bit warmer and emits a foul odor and that attracts uh, little flies from everywhere. And then when they, they crawl in and they're looking for this, you know, the source of this delicious stinking scent, they crawl down past all these hairs, which point them just in one direction. And then they're down in a little chamber and they're there to fertilize uh, the plants so they can't crawl back out. The hairs basically keep them trapped down there. They're one directional. Uh, so when you open those, oh, I showed you down in your place, you had loads of them there last year. Um, so when we opened it up, you could see all the little flies that were like mad for escape because they've been trapped down there by this arum, you know, until they had their jobs done. So yeah, so there they were like trapped in their little prison, like little, um, yeah, to sort of slaves pollinating away there and they got no reward. They didn't get anything for all their efforts after following this delicious scent so yeah so I love the tricks that plants play and I kind of love these you know these hidden things that you, we don't often kind of obviously see yeah yeah I think that's really the magic of nature isn't it I mean I've walked past the lords and ladies so many times and until you actually showed me that I had no idea I just love all these tricks that nature has you know it's like we kind of think as humans we think oh yes we have this so oh, we're the master and you're whatever our domain but really we're just sharing this place we wouldn't be here without plants life wouldn't exist without them they've been around for a hell of a long time and uh, yeah they've evolved lots of tricks to uh, as many as we have to try and survive here do you have a special plant in the botanic gardens that you particularly like 
well, I kind of like everything there. Yeah. So for me, I kind of go, oh, I like that, you know, I like this. I suppose uh, I've kind of been working in conservation. So recent things, is to, as you know yourself, as you know, you set up as a partner with us now to try and develop maybe like a conservation collection of all our, our rarest um, plants um, in Ireland. And so to collect the seed and have a nice seed bank for Ireland and you guys will be a nice little satellite site as well. So uh, that's great. So together we can do a lot starting this of course we've been slowed down a little bit I, I thought we'd be well ahead on our, our plans this year but I suppose trying to save as many seeds as we can of our rare species so we have this bank for the future so one plant we have been working on is a little seed cottonweed from our ladies island down in Wexford so we've been collecting seed from that and there's only 12 plants left in Ireland like that's you know a wow. bad for you know something changes down there that's a, an Irish species gone extinct so I suppose I like doing to be part of what we can do together to kind of save our species or to make sure they don't go extinct on our watch, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And another thing, we're partners with the Jardin Botanique de Soyer and Nolene kindly gave them a tour around the Botanic Gardens. And we, the Burnage Sanctuary staff, went to their site in Mallorca and they showed us their nursery of all the native plants that they're repopulating around the island, you know, in, in places that have been damaged by um, chemical farming and some such like. Um, so we're trying to work towards getting a bank of these rare native plants and saving them and looking after them. So, yeah, it's very exciting to be working with you on that project. Yeah, you have an amazing site down there. Yeah, it's very special. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So the next question was, do you feel spiritually connected with nature? I think Ireland is a very magical and spiritual country anyway. We don't often think that we, we live surrounded by all these old Celtic, you know, as down in Clare you have the dolmens, but there's so many other, our whole landscape is dotted with, with all these kind of, you know, things. So we're immersed in it. So and looking at a map, there isn't like a, a square kilometer where there isn't a holy well or a holy cross or a holy, you know, something cooking bed or something. So we're a very ancient landscape, some very magical places. I think Glenstall Abbey down in um uh, and Clare Limerick, yeah, it's, it's just an amazing place. There's a whole glen down there. The Clare Glens are a wonderful, just green oasis, yeah. So I've been kind of following Killarney Fern around the place as well as another, and that's just grows in all these kind of magical little elfin places. So they're very magic places for me. I think a lot of spiritual people have been attracted to the Burren as well. We have St. Coleman who came and lived in his cave for a long time up in the Burren National Park. Nice <laughs> so, place to live, yeah. Yes, oh, exactly. Yeah. With nature. Sounds like a good plan, yeah. And he had his own little well there as well, which is, um, it's, it heals back problems. Um, yeah. yeah, so you have to, it's, it's quite difficult. You have to lean over sort of backwards and dip your back in it if you have a sore back, but mm. maybe worth a try. Worth a shot, yeah, that sounds good, yeah. I mean, it's it's just wacky. I just love our, our history and our culture and our landscape. You know, we're, we're intricately linked, I think. I went up um, with actually the Spanish guys up to St. Coleman's Well last year and we saw the frog orchid. Oh, was, wow. Yeah, so that was interesting. I mean, the orchids yeah. in the Burren really are a topic in themselves. Um, they, they're just incredible. Spectacular. 
there's just so many to be seen in such a short area. Drive around, you can tick off so many. I think 70% of the Irish floor is in the Burren region. So you're really living in the, yeah, the centre yeah. of there. Yeah, it, it's it's astounding. And every time I go down, I'm astounded by it. Yeah, we're so lucky yeah. Such an amazing place here in Ireland. Yeah, we, yeah. T- we take it for granted. And it is such a small area that you do worry if something happens that maybe some of them would be at risk. So the the seed bank, which Nolene's working on now, just starting up in the botanic gardens, is going to be um, very useful for the future uh, in case of instances where we might lose a tranche of plants somewhere. But I think obviously nothing replaces, you know, what's out in the wild. I mean, ideally in situ is where is where you want, you know, your plants and animals to be. That's where you want our nature to be is out, is out there and safe. But we, we, we just hold an insurance collection, but it's not, we don't even know, you know, how to restore certain habitats. If you ask me to build a piece of the burren, you know, I might give you the seed, but it's still not yeah. the, maybe at the end of it. So nothing can replace the wild. We, we can... We can hold individual species, but building out that whole habitat or that whole ecosystem is, you know, we're not in that place. So it's not a simple thing. I think sometimes people think, oh, you know, we can dig this up because you have lots of seed of it, but it's not quite the same. We can't put it the way nature has built it for thousands of years. I mean, the barren has the heat, doesn't it, from the rocks, and then it has alkalinity and acidity and all these different elements that uh, would be impossible to recreate right yeah those little um yeah on the limestone rock you get these acid plants just tiny little layers of humus that's acid and on those it's it's just so wacky and then the deep grikes and yeah i mean all many little miniature habitats miniature climates all all sitting there together you know which is astounding and then all your alpine plants with all your Mediterranean plants just in the same place. It's just, the complexity is just huge down there. But I mean, that's what makes it so amazing. That's why visitors come to see the place. I mean, I know oftentimes I talk to people abroad and they're just, it's always on, you know, a plant person from abroad. They're always like, oh, have you been to the bar? And I must, I want to go visit. Have you any inspiring nature books that you'd like to recommend? Yeah. Again, again, I have so many. I suppose I started reading things, Song of the Dodo. So I had a big interest in islands and the kind of wacky places. When Ireland being an island as well, there's always quirky things that are here or not here. Or So, I mean, we have this big link to the north of Spain in our Irish floor that doesn't you know, happen in the UK. So islands are fascinating. So there's one book about islands called Song of the Dodo. And uh, it's very good. It just talks about rare species and species that are, you know, why species go extinct. So just the chance things. So when you're down to very few numbers of a species, so like our cottonweed, if we're down to about 12 of them, like you have these stochastic factors or just chance or random things that can happen. Uh, Like a wave could wash them over. So these stochastic effects. So I suppose that really influenced me in choosing my um, career basically trying to do as much as we can to to save species as possible yeah mm. oh that's brilliant i'll put that in the show notes for anybody that wants to look at that book and i think the last time we were up at the botanic gardens you were just building a new exhibition for the herbarium collection um so will that be ready when you open again or oh yeah we, we've had we had a launch and an opening of it and it 
because we're kind of locked away and there isn't enough of us to kind of take people around individually and show them all our collections. So in our hallway now, we have sort of a video showing what we do every day. And then we have panels with information on some of the projects and stuff. And there's an interactive panel. You can take a quiz there. So it's a good way for us just to, to show what's going on behind the scenes at the Botanic Gardens because there's a lot of kind of research and projects and specimens going back like, you know, hundreds hundreds of years in there and economic botany, all the plants and uses that people have had for plants in Ireland. We have like the National Shamrock Collection, all the shamrocks that were sold in Dublin from you know, <laughs> for the last hundred years. So we just have all these wacky things in there because we are kind of like, you know, anyone can ask us any question about plants anywhere and we're meant to be able to answer you as, as part of our role. So I suppose it's just bringing out part of our... Um, what we do behind the scenes, you know, a little bit forefront. Yes. Well, we were so lucky when we had the Spanish group, um, Nolene brought us around the herbarium and showed us some of the stories there and some of the projects that they were working on. Um, and the enormous nut that had been washed into shore. Um, I forget the man that was working on that anyway. It's so interesting. And the amount of stuff you have in the herbarium collection is just phenomenal. Um, so the last question, Nolene, I'll let you get back to your work. If you had a magic wand, what would you do for the planet today? Uh, I suppose, yeah, the, the tropical rainforest is just my instant to put those right back. Um, these are the lungs of the planet, you know, and it's been said before. And I just think one of the most shocking things I've seen recently was a, a map with project, a model projection dates of when we would lose all our tropical rainforest. And some of it wasn't so far away. It was happening in the next, you know, to, in the next hundred years. And I was just like, wow, how, how have we got to this state? How have we let this, this happen? And uh, yeah, so without our lungs, I think uh, we don't breathe so well. And I think we see how, how with this virus, how connected to nature we are. And uh, definitely we cannot uh, be using up all our wild resources. We cannot um, be consuming our wildlife like this. We can't be taking away their habitats because it's, it will impact massively on our lives. You know? and we're living through it at the moment. So as bad as this is, I kind of think, well, it's a bit of a nature's wake-up call for us all. You know, we're all really connected now. Nobody exists in isolation and we cannot take our, our wild species for granted anymore. We take yeah. away their homes. They, we are impacting species. We're coming together in a way that we've never come together no, we never expected it to happen. Um, I'm 52 now, but when I was 15, I volunteered for Friends of the Earth in London. Mm. Yeah, and Jonathan Porritt was there, and he's actually agreed to talk on the podcast. But I remember him in his office under piles of papers with maps of the rainforests. It's so frustrating. I mean, that's over 30 years ago, and he yeah. was desperately trying to do something then, and everybody's mm. been working and we seem to have no power over it. Yeah. I do think it's economics, and unless we balance up, you know, unless we take value in nature, um, like it's cheaper to buy tropical timber sometimes than to... I mean, that's ridiculous. We can, Over 70% of the timber we use in the EU comes from the wild, comes from these tropical rainforests, and it's cheaper yeah. for us to do that. And that's, that's, a, that's a wrong, that's a false economy, because that's not really in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. So There's this, another guy, and um, he's called Agent Green, and he's trying to save the ancient forests in Romania. He's on Facebook. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and he, the lorries are just going in daily and it's protected for us. Casting yeah. it all out and sell it, selling it on the market. It's heartbreaking. 
so thank you for putting the rainforest back, Noli. Yeah, well, I, I'm not putting them back, but I... I Your magic I, wand, you are. Yeah, my magic wand words, yeah. But I do work with a, the EU uh, um, as part of my role, um, scientific review group, which looks at trade into Europe and where we can stop trade that we know is just totally unsustainable. Thank you so much for talking to us today and I hope all the listeners go and visit the Botanic Gardens in Glasnevin when the restrictions from COVID-19 are lifted and you stay safe and mind yourself. Thank you so much, Mary, and I look very much looking forward to seeing the, the Nature Sanctuary again very soon, as soon as we can get out of all this. Yeah, I want to see yeah. the lovely again. Thank you.